0: Thank you. listening to Women With Ambition, and I'm your host, Sani Abdullah Close. First of all, there's a disclaimer that I want to share. I want to address my listeners and my guests to apologize for the quality of this episode. When I began creating Women With Ambition, I worried about the big things, such as, will I have listeners? Will I be able to find quality guests with engaging stories? Blah, blah, blah. Thankfully, the big things are not as hard as the small ones. And I want to thank all of my podcast guests and my listeners for sticking with me as what I had envisioned grows. I'm humbly grateful to each of you to create a space for amazing women's stories to be heard. To my listeners, it is for you I create these episodes. To share with each of you a story of perseverance and strength. To share what is possible when we take our rightful place among men as equals. Many times this requires more from us than our male counterparts. It is my guest's achievements against those odds that truly makes a woman with ambition. To my guest, I thank you for your time and your willingness to share your struggles and triumphs. With that said, I must admit to you all, creating women with ambition is a little hard right now. Learning will improve and my abilities as an interviewer because I'm going through different programs and platforms, buckling down and learning audio and producing a completed episode of a podcast. Therefore, with time, all of these things will improve. I want you all to know how immensely grateful I am to share your stories and your attention for each episode I complete. Together, I truly believe Women with Ambition can be a catalog of what is possible when we as women harness our strengths and reach for our dreams. My guest tonight is an amazing woman from Pakistan. Her name is Maria Iqbal Tarana. Maria is a former chairperson commission on status of women, Azad, Jammu and Kashmir. She is founder of education campaign, Talim, Common Education, and General Secretary, Human Rights Wing, Pakistan People's Party, Azad Jammu and Kashmir. Hello, Maria. Hello. Hey, how are you? How's everything going? do uh, Good. Good so far. But um,
1: in Pakistan, as you know, democracy is always being targeted. So right. it's always certainty and uh, everything is being related to politics, which most of the people doesn't understand. So Absolutely. yes.
0: Yes, so. Well, let me tell you briefly about this podcast and how I got into this. I started this podcast because I wanted to share voices of women who have been working hard whether it's academia, journalism, politics, national security or activism so that they can share their personal stories and help us understand how difficult their journey was, and how they managed to cope with those challenges. And not only that, what did they learn out of those experiences? I know it's an ongoing process for us. We are all evolving, and we are learning on the way. But I think it's important to share with others how we feel. Growing up in a patriarchal society like Pakistan, I think we as working women do not emotionally unload ourselves, thinking of it as a vulnerability, which it is not. So, I thought let's share. It does not have to be a heavy or rich discussion, but taking some time off from our busy lives and reflect upon ourselves. This is so far, I'm taking this podcast and I'm bringing in people who have done amazing things in their lives, particularly women who have compassion for others and they are undeterred from challenges. In this way, we all learn from each other and we also become a source of mutual strength.
1: Excellent.
0: So tell us briefly about yourself. Who is Maria Balterana? Where did you grow up? What was your childhood?
1: Mm-hmm. Oh, Sania, thank you very much for this opportunity today and uh, i'm very glad actually most of the women are thinking of other women when it comes to sharing their stories their sacrifices their struggles and i always believe that uh, stories unite you and ideology splits you hmm. and now it's uh, this world is 8 billion uh, of the d- different people and uh, most of the times uh, when we look around that's always a story, I believe, which connects you to the other person. And, um, and um, of course, every person who who is um, trying to make a space for him or herself or for other people, they have gone through a process, a long process. Um, first of all, I think uh, that's a ambition, that is passion. It comes from uh, inside uh, of you. Um, many people i think um most of the times when we read uh, successful stories um it is always something you know uh, of, 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 uh it's related somehow to their upbringing their environment right. their genes their, their their whatever they they experienced in their childhood and uh, it's the same story right. actually um, maria baltarana born and raised in a city of uh, Azad, Jammu, in Kashmir of, uh, I think that was a population of 200,000 people only. And um, I lo- lost my father uh, at a very early age. I, I was um, 14 and um, uh, we were five sisters. Uh, I was the eldest one and all four of uh, them were younger to me. And uh, I remember um, at that time, I never realized that I'm living in a patriarchal society until... I had that um, uh, opportunity of a male person who was looking after me because we were never treated, uh, uh, but I never faced discrimination in my own house because Mm. I was the eldest one. My father gave all of us an opportunity to live, to study, to, uh, he never interrupted in our personal life. He never uh, made any rules of uh, do's and don'ts, which uh, the boys can do and I can't do. So right. as I lost my father, and then I realized, oh, my God, that's a different world. I have to step into uh, um, uh, uh, and I have to accept um, this world. But it was very hard because, you know, how the laws are when it comes to the woman and the widows and the girl or orphan child. Mm-hmm. So I remember at the age of 14, stepping out of a house um, uh, for, for uh, seeking this justice. Because um, there was a law um, that uh, if you don't have uh, uh, hair, um, uh, uh, a male hair in your house, yeah. the, the property gets divided, and uh, people can claim actually next to your, like the, the parents' siblings can claim in your property or whatever they yeah. have inherited. So I was only 14, and I went first. I went to the uh, information secretary because my father was a journalist and he had his own newspaper. So um, I went there and he said, OK, how old are you? Um, because I wanted to get that uh, accreditation transferred on my, uh, on my name, um, just to prove that uh, we don't need a male uh, or a boy in a family to, uh, to uh, co- continue that legacy which my father has left. Of course, I had a potential. I worked with my father from an early age, and I knew that how to run this system. And uh, when uh, people started claiming and uh, then I thought to myself, you know, uh, my father never discriminated. So who are they actually always been coming up to me and said, girl can't do it. So mm-hmm. the first exam was to prove something to myself, actually, not yeah. to anyone else, uh, to myself that, yes, I can do it. So uh, anyways, I went through a long process to uh, run that newspaper. and at the age of fourteen I came. Um, I became a youngest chief editor of his uh, weekly newspaper. Um, and uh, secondly, when it came to the property um, and, and inheritance, thing, uh, thing, then I had to fight for a justice. I remember it took me years um, and the prime age when every child uh, wanted to go to school, the college, and they had a dream. I remember uh, just going back uh, from the college or school to the police stations, to the courts, and... It was it was hmm. a tough process, but anyhow, um, now when I see uh, many women uh, around me uh, coming and seeking for help or just getting an inspiration, I always share my story. I say um, today who, who whoever I am, but it's it's a long process, and you know in this destru- de- determination and the courage must be in you until and unless you don't make yourself understand that, that you have uh you have to survive in this uh society and it's a long fight it's never ending mm. but um you have to create space for yourself so i mm. uh, yes, um so it, that was me actually uh in my teens uh, and yes
0: This is very interesting for me to understand that your journey of responsibility started much earlier with the death of your father. And then there was a drive in you to lead, to stand up for yourself and for your family. What was your impression at that age? Did you learn that this struggle would be against the male-dominating society? Mm,
1: No, not really, actually. But uh, I must say... um, That was something, uh, whenever I used to go to bed, I used to think it's another beautiful day tomorrow. Mm. And I know this is a never-ending fight. It's not only a fight for myself. If I will get this courage, then I'll be able to make other women uh, to stand on their feet as well. I remember whilst I was fighting all these um for the justice and for everything. Um, uh, a woman came to our house and she said she ne- she needs help and she wants to stay. She needs a shelter and she's been thrown out of the house. So I spoke to my mother and I said, we are all women living in this house. Why can't we just take her? And uh, yeah. one day um, she said, I'll just help with you, uh, with the ha- uh, ha- um, house chores and, uh-huh. you know, you can pick so um, I was young and that time I didn't understand actually why she's being thrown out of her house and she doesn't want to live with her husband all I understood um, that she needs to go to the lawyer
0: mm. and
1: um, because she needs a divorce and then when that was only one lawyer at that time in that city mm. and uh, I paid her the fee and I said please she that this woman doesn't want to live with her husband and uh, can you please help her so what I understood uh, at that time, it, it, the husband was impotent, actually. And I didn't understand the word impotent. But, mm. you know, th- that was me, actually, who doesn't want to see another woman crying. At any mm. I said, oh, my God, it's, this woman doesn't want to live with her family. She's being thrown out of the house, so she must not live with the man who is not treating her. Right. Mm. So, Later I realized that um, and I always used to think that's not only me I have to make other women understand as well because at that time when actually I started there was a very few women around who was there to make a child understand uh, that this is a patriarchal world mm-hmm. um, okay we are there for you um, that was a long journey for me at that time because I uh, used to hear, and at that time, I think people never liked any (laughs) courageous woman or any brave woman. Yeah. Still. So yeah, that was a trauma which I went through actually um, for a long time as well. Um, And later, I have I think I can see it has uh, impacted my personality and in my life as well.
0: This is very relatable. Even though I grew up in Islamabad, like you said. We, were also, we also never faced discrimination at home. But when I grew older, I realized that we were raised in a bubble of protection by our parents because they love us. Life literally opened up for me when I joined Kariazim University. I called it a mini-Pakistan because we have students from all across Pakistan. I soon realized that all shades of patriarchy showed up to me all of a sudden it's from your class fellows from your seniors and professors i think people around us give this sense that we don't belong here this is a, this is very strange because later when i taught in the same department as a faculty i received similar behavior from my colleagues I felt that society around us tell you that you don't belong here because you do not fit into our frame of acceptance. Acceptance, frame of modesty, obedient and submissive. That journey of fitting into the frames was unending for me from a student to a college life and then a colleague and then a faculty. I remember my head of the department literally bullied me on my dressing. I was wearing a shalwar kameez, but my shirt was sleeveless. I reported to our dean at that time. His response was even more shocking to me. He said, look, Sanya, he's on his way out. He's retiring already. So let's leave it there. It will bring bad name to his career. I always give this analogy to people that women like me are like circles who are forced to fit into triangles or rectangles. We cannot fit because we are not meant to be. Even if we are all-rounded, people make us feel you are an oddball. You are too ambitious. And when I reflect upon those moments, I feel those instances always leave an impact on us. Now when I'm living abroad, I feel those comments in a very strange way left scars on my mind. My question to you would be now, that you're aware of those invisible walls and, and frames of acceptance and you have lived through those experiences um how do you feel about it
1: um actually um uh, when you said um something tamed you for 10 years those um, exactly the uh, typical ways and mm-hmm. uh, um, it still have an impact on your personality. Actually, I had an opportunity to travel overseas um, uh, after 2006. I decided I can't. Uh, I should not live here anymore because I need to prove myself. I need to take that whole uh, negative energy out of my mm. my personality. So um, I went to England, where I actually uh, felt that a sense of liberty. I must say. And, um, I still remember that was my first day and where I was staying, um, I, um, uh, actually had, uh, washed uh, and, uh, learned about the Oxford street and, mm-hmm. um, I was wearing Shalwar kameez on my first day when I reached there. <laughs> and then uh, typically girl, girl. Right. Um, so I took a train, uh, which I knew I uh, had to take a pass. And I just wanted to uh, feel that sense uh, of liberty. Yeah. But the first day of arrival, So from Leighton to um, Oxford Street, I took a central uh, line and when I got there, I was just roaming around freely and I was just thinking, Oh my God, it's a different world. Nobody is looking at you. Nobody's been asking you questions Mm. and some positivity I could feel there and uh, actually... Um, I'm just trying to make a point here that the men, sometimes they are the same everywhere, um, not in the, yeah. uh, the Pakistani world. But yeah, there I just bought. Uh, I, uh, I just uh, stopped somewhere to get French fries. And uh, the guy, um, he, he started saying, uh, OK, uh, when, then, then when he looked at me, he said, where are you from? Are you Pakistani or Indian? I said, yes, I'm Pakistani. So he said, oh, what are you doing alone this time of the night? And I was just like, oh, my God, that's Mm -hmm. a different world. He said, uh, young girls doesn't go come out. Uh, It's uh, almost 10 or 11 o'clock and Mm -hmm. uh, you must back home. Because uh, the guys, uh, anyone can rape you in the street. And, you know, for the young oh kids, God. just on the first day, just feeling a sense of liberty. And there's another man trying to dictate to you. <laughs> I can imagine how would you feel. It was very funny, actually. But one thing I realized, I had to tell him back, okay, don't you have laws in this country? Yeah. <laughs> it's a queen's country. So he was just quiet. So then I sure. realized wherever you go to men, sometimes the typical mindset is the same. So that's true. Yeah. <laughs> so it's you actually who have to uh be uh uh be responsive, be uh be uh alert actually, um, because this world is uh Not safer for the women as much as we think, because um, under the four walls of our our houses, yes, we are safe. We know how this world is. And the media shows the different picture of um, the world, which which doesn't exist. Um, It's a long struggle. And Mm -hmm. I'm sure it's a struggle of every minute, every second, every hour. Um, uh, It's never ending. It was it, it, it was is not a word. It mm. is. It's this moment as well. Uh, I, I'll just give you example. Most of the times, um, when you are stopped by any uh, police person on any, you know how many uh, check posts we have uh, mm. on the uh, in Islamabad yeah. as well. I remember one day, one time, uh, my one of the British friends, he was visiting from England, and uh, we were stopped by a policeman, and then he goes to me, "Why your head is not covered?" he stopped me. I thought oh. I'm not wearing a belt or he's checking my license or what I have done wrong. And then he goes to me. I said, what did I have? Uh, have you noticed something something wrong? He said, no, you're not covering your head. So this is Islamabad. So uh, it's, it's a, uh, to be very honest, there's uh, hundreds of the things I can share, um, uh, Sanya. Yeah. And sometimes I think we must write a book. And I am thinking actually, mm. because Uh, When I had this opportunity to head this commission, Commission on Status of Women, that was 2016, I clearly remember uh, that was a post in Azad Kashmir. And then I thought to myself, why can't I just apply for it? And let's see if if I get lucky with that. Hmm. So um, uh, thanks God I got lucky and um, I had an opportunity actually um, when um, I was the second uh, chairperson for this commission on status of women. Mm. And I remember uh, as soon as I got this designation, government wasn't so helpful because they didn't have a law, but they were being um, insisted by the federal government that they must have this system. Mm. So I then I realized, okay, they are not going to provide me any office or anything. I have to work from home. I have to go, um, uh, I, you know, that was the c- courage and the passion which was coming uh, inside of me because um, yeah, this designation uh, it, it had so much responsibility, I no, no, yeah. knew that. So uh, I opened up the office at my um, uh, home, uh, that was the uh, one scene in, in uh, our house, and uh, then I thought, okay, I'll start meeting the woman here. So I remember uh, the college and the university girls, uh, mostly they used to come and they used to share their stories that they had been harassed by their Teachers and um, the fellow students, and um, you know, it's a digital um, uh, dot com era. So, most of the uh, times, the woman said, Please, uh, this is very sacred. You should not share my name. My life has been ruined. And there were so many stories. So, one day, I just went up to the SSP and I said, We need to make a strategy to protect these young women who come to study here and they are being exploited by their uh, fellow class fellows or by their um, teachers and it's a mafia what I think you know um, uh, from the experience of my work so Mm. he comes to me Maria he knew me for the last three generations because my grandfather was his grandfather's um, uh, friend and Mm. (laughs) our parents were friends and we were the third generation we knew each other Mm. so he knew exactly what I actually was expecting from him but but, you know, the the response was very disappointing. He goes to me, you know, these are the mafias. They can kill you anytime. I will suggest you pack your things and just go, you know, across uh, the Kohala and just live in Islam. Oh and God. I was absolutely <laughs> shocked. I said, okay, um, well, th- that's your point of view. But, you know, I have my own ways to work as well. So later, when I started uh, uh, working on it, Definitely. uh, I exposed those cases discreetly, not uh, publicly, uh, because uh, it's very important to keep, you know, uh, the names of the survivors in secrecy. And Mm. there were hundreds, Sanya, you won't believe there were hundreds of cases started coming out. And that was three, uh, I gave uh, almost four years uh, to that uh, uh, responsibility, wow. and in four years' time, ninety-nine percent of my work has never been on the social media it has stayed with me and this is what I was thinking one day I have to write a book and I have to mention all those mm. horrible experiences which actually women goes in our society just because you know um a uh, 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 few of them luckily we were born and raised by uh, a great man as like our fathers right mostly you know the men are the same actually they how did they, they were they saw their mother treated by their father they treat the same way to uh, their wives as well and their daughters as well then then that day I decided actually I'm a daughter of a great father uh, Mm. who raised up a woman who has a courage but uh, but I think um, I must uh, have a a, a place uh, for these women in my heart who has nobody who has no support so I always, uh, you know, th- there was so many, so many things and uh, especially I remember one day I was visiting a police station because uh, somebody uh, called me and they said uh, uh, that there's a law actually. Uh, you can't uh, keep a woman in the police station uh, after 6 six p.m. until unless she is not convicted and murder or something. Very serious. Mm-hmm. So I received a call that the woman is being kept in the police station. So I visited that police station. Uh, I think that was 11 or 12 o'clock at night when mm-hmm. I received the call. So I went there and that definitely that woman was inside, but that was a full force of the the, the people who were just trying to justify their act. And, you know, at that day, I was thinking, where's the system? Where is the courageous people? Yeah. Where's the media? And, Mm. uh, you know, uh, there's so many things we have to fix up in, in our society. But the thing is, We need more courageous people in this society who knows the difference between right and wrong, who knows uh, the difference between truth and false. Until and unless this is not part of our life to discriminate between truth and false and
0: uh, right and wrong, we can't uh, fix these problems. So true, very interesting. So, what are you currently doing? I've seen your profile. Your you've joined Pakistan People's Party. Are you formally associated with it or you're still involved in your activism? Uh, Of course, of course. But, you know, I believe
1: every person who has exposure, who has experience must be part of the political arena as well and I think the ultimate destination is um, uh, the uh, parliament uh, because there you can make better laws mm-hmm. um, and uh, when you understand the woman of grassroots level and mm-hmm. uh, all the segments of society it's very important for you to be part of legislation mm-hmm. um, and uh, that's why and I always have an idealized great Benazir photo he was my mentor i remember when my father passed away one day me and my sister somebody gave us a gift actually um the daughter of east uh that book helped me a lot Sanya. i still remember reading each and every page me and my sister were so curious we used to sit together in the summers 1998 we just just, was so curious what happened to this woman next page next page then we realized if That woman has uh, made a lot of struggle, who we are, actually. So from the age of 14, um, Benazir was my idea. Mm -hmm. And um, when she was assassinated in 2007, I still remember I was in England and I said, oh, my God, this woman is gone. I think every woman should, should Continue the struggle which she has done for the country, for the women of Pakistan, for the democracy as well. So when I came back to Pakistan, of course, I was always ideologically supporting Pakistan People's Party. But I think it's not uh, when people say uh, is is, is uh, inherited uh, by her uh, son. Um, I. Um, try to make them understand if I have a house because I made a struggle uh, for, to, to win that thing back with content, which my father left. Um, mm. Nobody could have looked after it. So I think the the son and the daughters know well uh, how to uh, look after uh, the party and uh, how to look after their people as well because they are, something is in your genes. Um, most of the people say, a uh, uh, doctor's son is uh, or daughter is inspired by their parents, and they become doctors, uh, artists. Most of the times we have seen their children are also inspired by them and they become artists so Uh i was the daughter of a journalist and a human rights activist and later i continued the same way as my father was so um, i'm very grateful uh, to the pakistan people's party leadership as well because uh, they have always supported my work and uh, just recently they appointed me as a Journal Secretary of Human Rights Wing. And wow. uh, I'm sure I'm sure um, that was a long way to come uh, where I am today, but um, the appreciation is mm-hmm. there. So, um, yes, I support uh, Pakistan for this part.
0: Yeah, I'm, I'm really happy for you. I think Parliament is the right place to begin with when people have genuine ambitions to bring change. Um, I think it's another chapter of struggle that you have opened up. Uh, coming to Parliament is not easy. Yes, of uh,
1: course, this is a struggle. I know the struggle which I have made for the last twenty, twenty-three years. I know the gain is every minute, every hour, every second. Yeah, <laughs> so, it chose,
0: I chose this life. Yes, well, I'm sure you'll do great, and I wish you all the best in this new um, journey. Do you have any advice for young girls? girls who are listening to us right now, I sometimes really question myself that if I have a daughter, what advice I will give it to her? Because one day we know our kids will experience a world and all these are part of the realities. People, their behavior, bitterness. um, This is undeniable reality around us. I sometimes really question, how will I prepare my daughter for the realities of life while not taking her innocence away? What do you think, what what advice would you give?
1: Uh Yes, it's a world of um, 8 billion people, but very few are humans, honestly. Yeah. Um, And um, many people are being brought up with the aim. That uh, you know that you know the typical Pakistani mindset is parents tell you you need to be a doctor you need to be an engineer, but nobody tells you that's uh, aim you know of life. Yeah. It is another cause of a life as well. Yeah. So yes, aim you must pursue for yourself, but every person must live with a cause as well. Mm. Um, cause to fight with poverty, to co- a, a cause to fight for the discrimination, for the women rights, for the children. And there's so many things, you know, you can do actually the animals as well. So Mm. every person must have a compassion, empathy um, and love for each other because we know we are living in a materialistic society. But at the same time, every person must have a cause. Just look around, you know. And this is what I always tell people: If you have a hundred rupees in your pocket, just keep ten for mm. somebody who needs it. Um, you don't. We can't help everyone. Uh, you know, around us. Um, I remember uh, Sanya. Um, uh, in two thousand and fifteen, I was visiting some village, and uh, that was really far. And uh, uh, when I was just leaving city, I took a few the co- coloring books and um, the colors, pencils, and all that things. When I got to, to, by chance, I actually went to some young girls' school, primary school, and I gave them as a present a coloring book and the pencil. You won't believe that was their first time ever to touch those color pencils. Mm. And then that day, I made an aim of my life that um, uh, I have to help these girls to get to back to school as well because that was that village was full. Full of the orphan girls and uh, the, the the girls who couldn't just go back to school. And then I started my education campaign with the name of Amthalin because I thought that they, if the woman gets um, get to know the world through the books, they can read, they can write. Mm-hmm. So I'm sure um, that day is not far when we will understand ourselves, when we understand our surroundings, when we will be able to understand the world so it's very important um, that um, every girl should be educated every girl should know uh, the world through the books and mm. she must know how to read and write uh, and um, for the young girls I always say they must um, understand uh, the difference between truth and a false and um, uh, right and wrong because it's very important to have the pure soul if you want to make the world a better place um, because uh, we don't need uh, too many people we need a human beings on this planet mm. Mm. so,
0: so true. true thank you so much it was very soothing to hear about your efforts and plans i'm sure you will do great ahead thank you so much maria for your time and sharing glimpses of your life um really yeah uh, i really appreciate it. it was wonderful talking to you
1: you're always most welcome sending you more po- uh, positive energy and i love sanya thank, thank you so keep
0: it up friends this was maria Baltarana. i hope you enjoyed listening to her the way i enjoyed um her details would be attached in the show notes keep listening woman with ambition this is your host sanya abdullah close we'll be back again with another inspiring woman